Good afternoon. Welcome to this satellite symposium sponsored by Sanofi. Um, my name is Raul Cordova. I am the head of the lymphoma unit and the geriatric hematology program at Fundación Jiménez Díaz University Hospital in Madrid, Spain, and I will be your chairperson today. Uh, this satellite symposium has the title of Beyond the Pill and how uh, we can uh, implement a physical uh, exercise program that can benefit our patients with hematological malignancies. Uh, we are going to focus uh, most of uh, our presentations in patients with multiple uh, myeloma and we all know that uh, this is a, a hematological malignancy most commonly diagnosed around the age uh, of 70 and patients don't have only the diagnosis of, of multiple myeloma but also has other comorbidities that at the end may have an impact in the uh, functional frailty. Enforma is a project that, uh, that was launched and uh, developed by Sanofi in Spain and was established in 2021 with the objective of uh, contributing and enhancement the prognosis and also quality of life of patients with uh, multiple myeloma beyond the pharmaceutical intervention, so beyond the pill. And uh, to reach this purpose, what uh, uh, we uh, did was to build a multidisciplinary team, uh, gathering hematologists, but also physiotherapists, geriatricians, endocrinologists, uh, rehabilitation physicians, sports medicine, and also physiotherapists, uh, in order to develop this uh, M-Forma uh, program and a hospital kit that uh, uh, we will be very happy to share with you is here uh, in, the, in the desk. So for this purpose, we built a multidisciplinary team. Uh, you can see that there were two coordinators, myself and uh, Dr. Maria Victoria Mateos. She is the president of the Spanish Society of Hematology and a very well-known international leader in the field of multiple myeloma. She works at uh, University Hospital of, of Salamanca. And if you pay attention to the authors, uh, we invited, uh, invited three hematologists, three geriatricians, uh, one endocrinologist, uh, one rehab uh, physician, one specialist in sport medicine and one physiotherapist. So the objective of this program, of M-Forma uh, program, was to establish and to develop some tools and guidelines in order to uh, help us uh, physicians to prescribe uh, um, uh, physical exercise in order to improve the outcome of patients with uh, multiple myeloma through a multidisciplinary um, approach. So in order to meet the goals of this uh, uh, satellite symposium, this will be the uh, agenda that we are going to cover in the next uh, one hour. Uh, it's my pleasure to introduce uh, the other three speakers. The first one will be Dr. Astrid Teixeira. She is a, a rehab specialist, a, a physician specialist, uh, and she's going to, to cover the benefits and challenges of exercise adherence in patients with hematological malignancies. Uh, then we will have time to discuss uh, myself with a geriatrician, Dr. Uh, uh, Paco Tarazona, and we are going uh, to address how we must individualize and uh, uh, the prescription of physical uh, exercise uh, regarding the characteristics of our patients with hematological malignancies. And then, uh, again, Astrid Teixeira and Dr. Enrique Conesa uh, will share with us some stories of success uh, about the implementation of a physical exercise uh, program. And we are going to, uh, to end with a, with a surprise uh, we have called a fit moment. So Dr. Conesa, uh, will try to, uh, to teach us how to um, uh, do these kind of exercises when uh, we, we are or our patients are at home. So now it's my pleasure to introduce again uh, Dr. Teixeira uh, to review the benefits and challenges of exercise adherence. Please, Astrid. Hello, good afternoon. Thank you, Dr. Cordova, for this presentation. I'm really happy to be here. For me, it's like a, I'm so, so, so happy to be in this moment because we, we are going to present this project that we started like three or four years ago, and it comes like a, today, it comes true. Before, we were dreaming in the hospital. So uh, I'm going to start this, and thank you. And I want to um, share with you, with this um, paper that you can scan, all right? And you, you can have it. Um, and the most important things that I'm going to, to refer here, I don't know, is this one? The light, I don't know, is here. Okay. 
So the most important things that we have the fatigue related cancer and we have the our patients have 55% of fatigue. We have to work with the fatigue with these patients and the geriatric geriatric patients is a lot of more uh, fatigue. So the back pain, lethargy, unfairness, nerve symptoms, they are like 40 or 50 included per percent, but it's really important. So we have to work with this. The oncomatologist disease have a long treatment, long time of immobilization, and it generates to our patients a lot of stress, anxiety, depression, and it goes to decrease the physical activity. So. In these patients, we have to create some programs to have the benefits of practicing exercise. In patients with MM, we have to decrease that fatigue, we have to improve the secondary symptoms, we have to improve the physical condition, and a lot, we have to work with these patients to improve their mood, their sense of feeling better, the sense of personal fulfillment that comes being to physical active reduce the anxiety, the stress that generates that feeling that they are sick. So we have to help them to avoid that isolation. How we can do this? We have to do it with a work team, a multidisciplinary team. These programs have to be individualized. They, are, they, ha they have to, mm, the clinical evidence, but they have to be adapted to the time of the diagnosis. That's the most important things that you have to think. They have to be adapted because if you don't adapt it, we don't have to get the adherence necessary for these kind of programs. So this paper too, uh, I really love this <laughs> because uh, it, we have these four pillars that we have. They create the fit programs that they have for the frequency, the intensity, time, and type of exercise. And they have to, they manipulate to the adherence and the barriers and facilitators that we have to give to our patients. And the behaviors to have, that we have to change that techniques for these patients. So which one, which are the, these barriers? We have to, the symptoms related to, to this illness, the side effects of the treatment, the mood and family overprotection that we have to have, we have to be psychologists for the family and for the, uh, for the patient. They have to learn and understand that the exercise is that important part of the treatment. They have to be conscient, conscient that they are the, the, the exercise is the most important thing that is for the, the same place that the chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and everything. So we have the, another barriers that are the lack of time, the sedentary uh, patients, and the architectural barriers to going to outside. So what we do to get the adherence for these patients, we have to improve the physical condition to reduce the muscle pain and improve of sleep. That's the result that we have to, we need to have with an exercise program for these patients. There is an article that says that independent, if our geriatric patients are independent, increase six times the benefits of the treatment. So we have to create these programs. And I, I would like you to remember the 3P that we, had, we have to work, that is the psychological help, the physiological changes, and the psychosocial support. So our patients, they need the clinical follow-up. We create uh, different programs, but we use the, our hospital app to help this patient telephone uh, calls, uh, video calls, uh, presential with a, a specific valuation, but we create programs to treat these patients during the, in the hospitalizations, like four or six weeks. We're going to talk about this later uh, after in, in the next uh, time. So we have to do some programs to, for these patients during their uh, hospitalization and before they go to the hospitalization. So that's all for me. Thank you for uh, uh, this presentation and these invitations, Sanofi, thank you. And I think we are going to continue this.
uh, now in the next meetings we, we are going to uh, to have different perspective the perspective of a geriatrician and, a, uh, and the perspective of a hematologist about how we must optimize and individualize this uh, physical exercise uh, program uh, prescriptions in patients with hematological malignancy across all stages of the disease so the next speaker will be dr francisco tarazona he is the 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 former chief of uh, geriatric medicine in Hospital de la Rivera in Valencia, Spain. Uh, now he has taken the role of the uh, sub uh, director of the institution. Congratulations, Paco. Now it's uh, your turn to review the perspective of, uh, of a geriatrician and the role of a geriatric assessment before prescribing a physical exercise in our patients. Paco, please. Thank you very much, Raúl, for your presentation. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be here to present this speech. The title is The Importance of Geriatric Assessment and Comprehensive Geriatric Assessment Give Us as Geriatricians an important information about the situation of patients in terms of geriatric syndrome's prevalence, comorbidities present, the nutrition state, the the effects of antimyeloma treatments, the polypharmacy, the consequences of the stage of the disease on the health status of the patients and the quality of life. And as Dr. Teixeira said, it's important to integrate all of this information to know the risk associated to the exercise program, to avoid adverse events related to exercise, improving the adherence, as Dr. Teixeira said, and trying to improve the functional condition of our patients. For this reason, we are using the comprehensive genetic assessment before designing multimodal and individualized intervention plan, as Dr. Teixeira said, is the most important point, tailored and individualized programs for individual patients with multiple myeloma. Again, for this reason, we are trying to assess the functionality the nutrition, the mood, state, and of course, as Dr. Atisheira said, and in the previous session was uh, describing the social components of the patients trying to identify social frailty, the feeling of social isolation, loneliness, and the socioeconomic vulnerability. Cognition and mood are very important in these patients too. They are too, both are very prevalent conditions in older adults with oncological disease and specifically with multiple myeloma and we should assess these conditions with short, simple and validated tools like the mini mental state examination or the Pfeiffer short portable mental state questionnaire. After that we should maintain the cognitive state in our patients with different training programs, as Dr. Teixeira said, trying to implement dual task to improve not only cognition, but also gait and balance, and trying to improve the inhibitory control, the working memory, and the cognitive flexibility. Mood disorders are very frequent in oncological patients, especially in multiple myeloma. The symptoms that appear in these patients are not the classical ones, such as sadness, and we should complete a regular clinical history to know the different symptoms, trying to implement non-pharmacological and pharmacological approaches. As we said in the second slide, polypharmacy is very frequent in this patient, and the number of inappropriate prescriptions is very high, and we should employ different tools like BIRS criteria in USA or in Europe we are using the screening tool for older persons prescriptions that has been updated this year 2023. Malnutrition is one of the most prevalent genetic syndromes in other adults with oncological disease and there is an overlap between malnutrition and other genetic syndromes like sarcopenia and frailty that we will speak in the next slide and cognition that we were describing in previous ones. We have again short, simple and validated tools like Sarkev and, uh, sorry, we have different tools like MAST, MNI or other ones or the GLIM criteria with etiological or uh, phenotypic uh, criteria and after that we should 
start an individualized program prioritizing enteral nutrition over parenteral one. We said sarcopenia and frailty are very important in older adults with oncological disease. They are prevalent, but there is not only the prevalence of these diseases and of these geriatric syndromes. The important point, the important point is the association with adverse events like hospital admissions, like toxic adverse events related the treatments, the survival and the institutionalization in nursing homes. Sarcopenia produces an important impairment in functionality in our patients and again we have short, simple and validated tools like SARCAF or G8. The last one is validated specifically in oncological patients and after that we should complete the diagnosis of patients with positive screening and trying to improve that we will uh, describe, but uh, Dr. Teixeira said better than me, the importance of the exercise in these patients. Just adding some tools more related to the vulnerability of our patients, or we should know the independence or disability in daily living activities, basic or instrumental, and with the different results in these scales and tools, we should classify our patients in different profiles that will help us to decide if patient is candidate or not to hematopoietic stem cell transplantation. And we should define the frequency that we are repeating the comprehensive geriatric assessment at at least it's mandatory to do this assessment at the beginning and the end of the treatment. As Dr. Teixeira said, finally, we will design an individualized and tailored exercise program, including cardiovascular, strength, aerobic, flexibility, and relaxation exercises. And there are different variables that should be considered. Special intensity, I think, is the most important one, because we will increase the intensity as the patient is improving during the exercise program design. And finally, if we are uh, using different profiles of patients to define if we are deciding an treatment or another one, it's important to classify the patients to, to know the baseline, to know the goals and outcomes that we want in our patients, trying in every conditions to improve the quality of life and the health status. Thank you very much for your attention. Now is my task again uh, to, to have the perspective of a hematologist because uh, as you all know, uh, not all patients with hematological malignancies are going to suffer from the same uh, uh, symptoms and adverse events related to the, to the treatments. And we have to take, take into account not only the diagnosis but also the different stage of the disease. And uh, coming uh, uh, again to the multiple myeloma field, um, I have previously uh, said that the median age at diagnosis is around 70 years of age and with the uh, um, upcome of new uh, drugs such as uh, bispecific antibodies in the next years, CAR T-cell therapy in these uh, patients, most of them are going to behave as a, a chronic disease. So we are going to deal with, this patient, uh, with these patients for a, a very uh, uh, long-lasting uh, period of follow-up. And uh, in the uh, frailty uh, uh, is going to uh, impact different factors. The most important, uh, uh, at least from the hematology uh, perspective, is the disease-related factors. And uh, we know that patients with multiple myeloma can suffer from bone pain, osteolytic lesions, and higher risk of uh, fractures. But also many patients uh, uh, suffer from anemia, as well as symptoms including fatigue, lack of energy, and general weakness. And uh, moreover, we are going to prescribe drugs in order to control the disease, but we are going to induce some uh, uh, adverse events, and some of them may have a, a worse impact in the uh, uh, quality of life, and some of them can compromise their ability to carry out the activities of daily living. 
So having this uh, in mind, uh, we uh, uh, also know that there are several studies showing that the physical exercises uh, program is effective in both preventing and mitigating uh, these adverse events, at least trying to improve the physical fitness and to provide a sense of uh, well-being and positive impact in the quality of life. So when we are thinking about prescribing um, a physical exercise uh, program in patients with multiple myeloma, we have to take into account that uh, this uh, disease uh, is going to have different stages and uh, we have to think if we have to uh, recommend or prescribe the same program uh, across all of these uh, stages of the disease and the answer is no. We have to optimize and individualize the, the prescription. So uh, we have a group of patients that uh, we uh, can make recommendations after a diagnosis. Uh, the goal of this program is to uh, maintain the good functional condition before the start of therapy. During the therapy, not also chemotherapy, but also other therapies, uh, the, the goal of the uh, both aerobic or stretching exercises, uh, the goal is to improve and uh, the treatment-related uh, symptoms and to uh, improve the tolerability of the uh, regimen that we are going to prescribe to our patient. A group of patients, uh, also older patients, are going to be candidates to be treated with high doses of chemotherapy and autologous stem cell transplantation. So we can uh, implement a specific program in the pre-transplant phase uh, with the goal to, uh, again, to improve the functional condition before the procedure because uh, many patients need to be uh, hospitalized for three to four weeks and uh, many patients are going to suffer from deconditioning and, and then the functional ability uh, abilities are going to, uh, to decrease because of this uh, very long-lasting uh, hospitalization. But then when uh, a patient is discharged, uh, we are going to face a post-transplant phase and the physical exercise program uh, may help in the recovery and reducing fatigue, uh, not only because of the disease, but also because of the uh, therapy or the high doses of melphalan, that it's the alkylating agent that we use in the autologous stem cell transplantation in multiple myeloma patients. Then, in the long-term uh, monitoring, physical exercise should be uh, um, um, uh, used with uh, motivational support, as uh, Astrid has mentioned in, in her talk. And uh, unfortunately, most of our patients are going to, to suffer from a relapse, and we have, uh, again, to individualize and to prescribe uh, these programs in a case-by-case -case, uh, uh, basis. And uh, 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 at least uh, we can make recommendations until the, the late phases of the disease because we want to improve uh, uh, the uh, perception of symptoms and also trying to improve the prognosis of our patients. So um, now in the next uh, five slides, I'm going to review four features that we have to take into account when we are thinking about the design of a, a physical exercise uh, pre uh, prescription program. The first one uh, is the uh, disease-specific features that our patients with multiple myeloma may have. Many patients are suffering from anemia, so we have to uh, avoid activities that require high oxygen transport. Uh, some patients are uh, uh, suffering from neutropenia, most of them uh, during immunomodulatory drug regimens or in the uh, um, autologous stem cell transplantation, and we have to avoid activities that increase the risk of infection, for example, uh, public uh, swimming pools. Uh, patients can suffer from thrombocytopenia, so there are different thresholds of uh, platelet uh, counts, and for example, uh, if patient uh, has a platelet count of uh, below 10,000, uh, we should recommend only uh, walking, ambulation. Uh, below 20,000, uh, we can recommend a strength, but without resistance or tension. Below 40,000, we can recommend strength and light resistance, and uh, above 40,000, we can recommend low-intensity aerobic exercise. When patients uh, uh, may uh, suffer from an infection or fever, uh, physical exercise has a temporary contraindication. Those patients with uh, uh, sensory neuropathy, we have to supervise balance and coordinator exercises. Patients with dyspnea, fatigue, or max, uh, muscle weakness, uh, we have to uh, uh, review uh, uh, very frequently uh, the, uh, the prescription of physical exercise because things can uh, change uh, from one week uh, to another. Patients with, uh, with bone pain, we have to avoid, of course, exercises that uh, increase the pain. 
patients with uh, uh, kidney disease, we uh, must avoid dehydration. Patients with cardiovascular disease, again, I avoid activities that require high oxygen transplant, uh, uh, transport and patients with uh, deep vein uh, thrombos uh, thrombotic uh, disease, we have to avoid intensive exercises at least in the acute phases. So first, um, disease-specific uh, uh, features uh, when we uh, want to prescribe exercise. Second, patient-specific uh, features. So patients don't have only the diagnosis of multiple myeloma. Patients have also other comorbidities, and we have to take into account those patients with uh, metabolic syndromes, high blood pressure, diabetes, or uh, obesity. So probably the best prescription would be mixed aerobic and endurance uh, exercise. Patients with kidney disease, um, again, a mix of aerobic and endurance exercises, but uh, try to avoid those uh, exercises with high probability of uh, dehydration. Patients with heart disease, uh, we should recommend moderate, uh, moderate exercise, and we have to, uh, to check the, um, the hemoglobin level because these patients are in the need of being uh, uh, with a higher uh, hemoglobin level uh, to have a better tolerance uh, of the um, uh, exercise. Patients with neurological disease, again, a mixed physical exercise program combined with memory and cognitive training. And in this case, aerobic exercise may improve the uh, recovery, uh, uh, not only in patients with a, a cognitive impairment, but also uh, suffering from a, a, a stroke. Patients with uh, thromboembolic disease, um, uh, we know that we can reduce the risk because uh, patient uh, uh, mobility, we can reduce the risk of thromboembolic events and try to avoid, uh, uh, remember, in the uh, acute phase. In the, uh, when the patient suffers from an infectious disease, uh, we have to um, uh, temporarily discontinue the program. And in those patients with bone disease, uh, uh, the aim is to improve mobility and independency, and uh, we have to adapt uh, the physical exercise program in order not to increase the, uh, the bone pain. The third feature that we have to take into account is the treatment-related uh, uh, characteristics. Uh, not all patients with multiple myeloma are going to be treated in the same way. So those patients that are uh, receiving chemotherapy, uh, at least now a, a, a days, uh, at least patients uh, receiving high doses of chemotherapy and autologous stem cell transplantation, we can recommend moderate intensity mixed uh, exercises. Those patients uh, um, uh, proceeding with uh, autologous stem cell transplant, we recommend a gentle activity and avoid impact exercises because of the low platelets uh, uh, counts. Patients with monoclonal antibodies, uh, we are going to play with the immune system uh, of uh, our patient, and uh, it's very well known that physical exercise may improve the immune reconstitution and the activities of uh, immune therapy. Those patients uh, uh, treated with uh, proteasome inhibitors, uh, we can induce peripheral neuropathy, so we have to take uh, into account to be aware of the uh, uh, um, uh, impairment in the uh, balance, and uh, we have to focus in uh, proprioception and fine motor uh, exercises as, uh, um, along with uh, aerobic exercises. And those patients uh, receiving uh, immunomodulatory drugs, we know that these uh, patients are at higher risk of developing uh, thrombosis embolic disease, so physical exercise may uh, improve the outcome in reducing these thrombotic events. Thank you. And now we are going to, uh, to move uh, to two stories of success. So it's not only a question of uh, speaking about theory, uh, as uh, Astrid has mentioned in, in, in her talk. We have to translate uh, this knowledge to uh, our daily clinical practice. And uh, uh, Astrid is going to, uh, to start with the stories of success that we have implemented in uh, our institution at uh, Fundación Jiménez Díaz University Hospital. Please, Astrid. I would like to be here <laughs> to be more comfortable because I am not. I can see you. <laughs> so this, in this part, we are going to um, to count to you our program. What we do with our patients? We start this um, program and we named it Renutrir, and it uh, it goes. It was the image of Renutrir, <laughs> so we were so happy to show you. 
So this is our team. This is the team that we work every day for our patients. Is uh, like we said before, is the rehabilitation team, the physiotherapist, the nutritional, and we have this unit. And we are so so happy to to be together because we need something about each specialty. No, uh, so we are really really. Uh, we analyze what we can do for our patients and we analyze when our patients are hospitalized and before the hospitalization, what can we do for them? So we are creating a lot of programs and we have mistakes, we fell down and we are up right now and we are so happy to show you what we do in, the, in 2021. So from uh, these patients, we recollected these patients, it was a lot of um, 50 patients and they have in the auto-transplantation, ha they have 21 days of hospitalization and the allogenic uh, transplant with 48 days of hospitalization. So we use a lot of scales to classify these patients. Like we said in this, in this mm, time, we have to select the perfect patients because they, they, there is real patients. The patients that have uh, shoulder arthrosis, knee arthrosis, or, or, or uh, prosthesis, uh, knee prosthesis, that they can do some exercise. So we have to do programs individualized just to get the adherence. Because if you say to, the, to, our, to that kind of patient that they are concentrated in the myeloma or leukemia or something, they are so worried about that. And you have to say, you have to do exercise during the hospitalization. And they are looking like, oh my God, I, I can't do that. So uh, we got this, these scales, the Sarkev scale was the one that we use to classify these patients. We use the short physical performance battery to know more or less how is the patient before the hospitalization and the 30 second sit-up test. We select that test because it's easy and, and you can do it in, in 30 seconds. <laughs> so you are going to be mm, an image of, of these patients. All of our patients receive a training program for our physiotherapists in, our, the, in the hospital and they use it in their room. We put that this, all of this, we put it in our room of hospitalization. This is photographs of our room of hospitalization. So you don't have excuses to do the exercise. They do it during the hospitalization and we are to supervising them. So our results, our success, it was, we got the auto-transplantation, we have more frequent what's men, and the, there was a myeloma. And I want to tell you that Sarkev scale at the start of the hospitalization what was uh, one point, and after the hospitalization they have 1.2 in the, in the auto stem cells, but in the allogenic the 53% percent frailty, and after 86% were normal. So in our scale, we can compare before what was, how was the patient and after our program, the patient was a lot better. So we have to create more scales and we have to do something more for these patients, but we can do this. This is our real results. The SPPB was before the 59% under 10, I don't know if it's in the percentile scale, and after the hospitalization, when our patients were, uh, were home, was 86% over 10. That is really important number. We have results. We have to do this for our patients. The, um, another thing that is really important to mention is that we don't have any complications with their exercise. You don't have to be afraid for these patients. Sometimes we are afraid for the thrombocytopenia, for the anemia, but if you have an individualized program, you can work with these patients. 
So our clinical follow-up was by the uh, APP of our hospital and our future, and I think is something that we are working right now, is to use the balanced platforms to the polyneuropathy that the Dr. Raul mentioned before, the neuropathy, and we can time it in, work with these patients in the balanced platforms to be better in the proprioceptions. And the other one that we have to create and is our future is near, but we don't have it to, uh, today, is the prehabilitation adherence, that we don't have it. We have a little problem with that. But I think that if you work with this patient and we, and we have a team that is that feels that the exercise is going to be better for their patients, I think we are going to do it. So, thank you. The future of our patients is in our hands. That is really, really important. You have to remember that. Thank you, Astrid. And the, the second uh, story of success uh, um, is going to be presented by Enrique Conesa. Enrique is doctor in physiotherapy. He's a former high-performance athlete, uh, and, and he's the founder of the uh, Oncological Physical Exercise Unit at uh, Santa Lucia University Hospital in Cartagena, Spain. Enrique. Hello to everybody. <clears throat> Thank you for the invitation to show our program who is already in, in works. Uh, this person is the mother of my boss and everything started with that because she had a breast cancer and we started to do some exercise because she didn't feel it really good. The fitness of her was really bad and we started to do some exercise. She back to the doctor and Raul, his doctor, tell us why you don't do that with our patient in the hospital. She was really, really good after the chemotherapy. She didn't, she didn't lose any, any fitness. She was really happy to do exercise with us. So we started to look for some information and we uh, discovered all the mm, therapeutic exercises in cancer have all of these uh, benefits for the patient. They already know it. Even for improve the oxidative stress, reduce the insulin resistance, improve the body composition, have a lot of good uh, things in our patient. So we start to talk with the people who is working with the oncology patient in the oncological treatment. Pain unit, nutrition, physiologic uh, uh, laboratory, uh, psychology, prevention, and we started to work. We started to work in health and healthcare of the patient, in training the other people to develop this program in other hospitals, in other cities, and in research. The first step was talk with the doctor who have a patient of oncology process. We are only three physiotherapists talking with oncology, hematology, digestive, and, and all, the, all the doctors have this class of patients. The kidman is one room was, was really hard to get because a big room with a wonderful views and everybody in the hospital wants this room. But we need a space uh, to put the gym equipment. The gym equipment, when we arrived to the direction of the hospital, they told us, we don't have money. Okay, we don't have money, we don't have equipment. It's all something really normal in the public health system. So we asked about to the Rotary Foundation and they paid to us all the equipment to do the work. The first thing we do is a physical evaluation of the patient to know if it's possible to do this kind of exercise with us, because it's not rehabilitation. Rehabilitation is really important, and we need mm, the patient could do some exercise by themselves, because they are going to work in groups when, with an individual program, but work with other patients at the same time. We have to know well uh, the symptoms of the patient, because it's mm, for us the way to change each kind of exercise. And 
we are going to make an assessment of physical condition and quality of life. At the same time, we take all of this data the first day they come to us because we must have um, uh, an we must take information and with that three months after we will know how is the evolution of the passion the first day we do that and at the at the end we do once again all of these tests and all of these uh, kind of proof to know well uh, what is the evolution of each passion uh, these two persons at wars our zero passion angel and carmen uh, they too make us change the way to think about our programs because they, don't, they didn't wear a person with a neuropathy, a person with a elbow problem. They were a patient with physical problems. So what can we do for them? But the answer is they must have fun with us. If not, they will not come back. All of them tell to us we have pain doing exercise, but I come here because I'm laughing all the time. And that is the most, most important. They have to feel that it's a good program for them. That program, we can use it uh, from diagnosis to survival patient and terminal cancer patient. But the problem is the time. We need almost 12 weeks. 12 weeks because you need for the physiological effect or develop of the muscle uh, these three months to get a, a really good improve of this capacity. That is important, but the quality of life, even in two weeks, we are looking really, really good results. People who was really, really hard uh, go, go up in the step at home, now they are doing all the activity in, in his house without problem after only two weeks of treatment. We started increasing the quality on physical activity and improve the health condition. But the last of the objective is reduce the recurrence and increase the survival of this patient. And they doing decreasing the occurrence, improving the functional capacity and improving the quality of life. This is very important. We work in the quality of life. We are not doctors, we are physiotherapists. So what we want to do is they have a better condition to face their, their problem, the oncological problem. This is four of our groups of passion because the Friday we work with big groups and we do a really hard training program. It's not a joke, they, they, they do CrossFit program the Friday. And they are so happy to say all of you, thanks for fighting the cancer with us. Thank you a lot. Okay, we are going to do some fit moment. I will invite you to do some exercise with us or with me, but will not be really hard, don't worry. This is the model of American Council of uh, Sport Medicine, the 2020. And they sent to us this program and it's the base of all the programs we used to do in our team. Oh, they will be, not, not yet. <laughs> we can make different, different patients. We have impatient, not patient, and patient in healing process. We have to take a look, in a special look, to this patient of one capacity, balance, blood count, weakness, fitness loss, quality of life. The impatient for us have this big problem. They think they are straight, like Tokyo Sky 3, but really don't have balance. They are like Pisa Tower. They are falling down in the back all the time. The other passion we have to take account of these four things. We have more things to take a look, but this four thing is really important. Hemoglobin, neutrophils, platelets, and fever. And if you avoid this problem, doing a low intensity exercise with fever and hemoglobin, uh, having a face mask with they have a low level of neutrophils, and take care with the patient with low level of platelets, we'll avoid them. all the problems in this program. We didn't have any problem with them. Any, the, the health doesn't 
go worse. Was really, really better now during the exercise, and we don't have any problem during the exercise because we are taking account that every time. Maybe you think you need this kind of, of thing or material to do this kind of program. This is the, our cell. They have really nice views to the mountain, big windows. The, he is Gabriel. He's the stronger man in our program. He uh, he moved all the all the weight in the in the uh, in the press, but you have other option. We have some patient that don't have the possibility to come with us to do the exercise because they live far away. So we take this option, and this option is really good because they can choose the exercise, and that's depend of the level of fitness of them. Is something similar to frail with impatient, medium with outpatient in treatment, and in healing process with fit passion. Now, if you want, stand up. We are doing some exercise. Please take the band. Will be really easy. I promise to you. <laughs> the first problem is the balance. When you have a, pas a patient with bad balance, you can work with the talent and the point of your foot. Do it with me, move a little bit, and you will see it's not, it's not difficult for us. But imagine one, one person who is falling down in the back all the time. You must tell them, hold the band, you foot, put the band under your foot, please. Step the band, please. Mm. Astrid is going to do with nice shoes. Will it not easy? <laughs> Don't fall down, Astrid, please. <laughs> you step with both foot in the band, and we do the same exercise going back and forward. Back and forward. The reason of the band is because they have tension in front of them. Like that, they are not going to fall down in the back because the first problem is that when, they, when this person sit down in the side of the bed, they fall down in the back all the time. So you work with the flexion chain with the band and you go f back and forward and will recover the balance uh, really, really fast. This exercise, don't, don't, don't sit down, stay. This exercise is really good. <laughs> But we cannot do it here because we don't have space enough. Let's uh, recover the, mm, the quadriceps really fast. But I go to show you other exercise. Astrid, please, the same position. And you are going to do something similar. If you have to choose one exercise to do in a, in a gym, you will do, obviously, deadlift. Deadlift is the most important exercise to do with the lower limbs. Yeah, for sure. And you can make the same exercise at home with this band, just going down, flexion of, flexion of knees and your ass. It's like, I go to show you. Don't look my ass, please. It's going down and going up. It's the same thing that we can do in a muscle room. It's Really, really, really a deadlift. And if you get tension with your elastic band, it will be harder and harder. You go down, you get tension, and you go up. Try, try, try. Do it, do it. Get down, get tension, and go up. Try to do it 10 times, or 15, whatever. <laughs> you will, you, it's harder and harder. And you can do it at home with a band. For the patient, will be really easy. They don't, can, they don't have to come to the hospital. That's the next level, Astrid. <laughs> Other exercise you can do, this is easier, is for work with this shoulder. It's a good idea to step with one hand, with your foot, and go up till 90 degrees. Remember, the other people used to have problems in the shoulder. So we don't pass the 90 degrees. With that, no. 
that yes. We go down slow and we go out a little bit faster. That is important. It must be easy. It must be easy for the patient, but must be a good way to make some exercise. Other thing you can do is flexion of your, of your elbow. You can work your biceps at home with elastic band. It's just a question of more or less tension in your band. It's, it's nothing else. You can do it as well, the work for your triceps. Astrid, come with me, please. Come, come. I hold the band, he take with both hands, this. I get the tension and she can make the extension of the, of the elbow toward the triceps and extension muscle. Like that, they can work with family, with friends at home, and you can... <laughs> you can put it on the door. You can put it on the door and working by yourself, and you can have a lot of exercise with your patient, even at home, with this kind of program. And we don't need material. Now you see how to make some exercise. You can sit down, sorry. <laughs> You can see it's really easy to do some exercise with your patient, even at home with one elastic band. Now we have a question. Why your patient are, don't do some exercise yet? They can do it right now. You don't need a program. You just have to make the prescription. But if we can to keep one thing in our mind now, at the end of the exposition is, there are countless benefits to be found in physical exercise for oncological patients. Neither age nor physical condition of patients are an impediment to perform physical exercise. For those who don't have an available special hospital lead program, exercise prescription is still an option and can be adapted to be performed from the comfort of their home. So keep informed, please. Thank you a lot. Thank you very much. This is all the time that we have uh, for today's session. Uh, before leaving, um, uh, please uh, don't forget to, to leave the bands uh, on the chair, but we invite you to, to, to pick up, uh, to collect some brochures that we have uh, here in the desk about a informa program uh, for um, low, intermediate or high uh, fit patients uh, with recommendations about how to prescribe a physical exercise program according to frailty, specifically designed for, for patients with uh, multiple myeloma in this informa uh, program sponsored by Sanofi and I want to thank uh, Sanofi for, for sponsoring not only this project uh, informa but also uh, sponsoring the satellite symposium. I hope you have learned a lot and enjoy and uh, I want to, um, uh, to, to see you in um, uh, uh, later. If you want to, to reach out all the speakers we don't have time for more questions so uh, you can reach out to them uh, outside the the session room. Thank you very much for your attention and coming.